Hello and welcome back to Mid-South Moments. Stuart Roberts is on the show with me today. How are you doing, Stu? Really good, mate. Really good. Been looking forward to this one. Yeah, I am too. I think there's we've got we're lots to talk about on the show. Obviously, the, the change of scenery uh, the first time you'll have seen this. Um, but before we get on to this, in the last not even 24 hours, and for transparency, we're recording this. It's 8.42pm on Tuesday the 15th of February. That's our time in the UK. So what, 3.42 Eastern time. And two of the bigger stories... Um, I don't want to overhype this, but I'd say two pretty massive stories have broken in the world of professional wrestling in the last 18 hours. Firstly, it appears as if Steve Austin is a lock for WrestleMania versus Kevin Owens, which has blown my mind, to be honest. And then secondly, Cody Rhodes, literally in the last few hours, I was I was having a, I'm going on a ski trip in a couple of weeks' time, Stu, for 40th birthday. Um, we went on a stag do a couple of years ago, and I was having a ski lesson on like a, uh, this place in North London. That's it's snow, but it's not. It's artificial snow. Yeah, yeah. I come out and my phone's like on fire, basically, with, like loads of Twitter stuff, loads of WhatsApps, and Cody Rhodes has left AEW with a presum- presumption, probably by the time you're listening to this. He may have appeared on WWE TV. So where to start? What about the Austin stuff to start off with? What, what do you think about that? Oh, um, I can't. I can't say I'm excited by it. If I'm being, if I'm being brutally honest, yes, yeah. the, the nostalgia of seeing Austin back in in in, in, in Texas. It's something that you, you know we'd wanted for a long time. But for me, it's probably ten years too late. I would say. Um, I'm not sure what sort of, you know, it's just going to be a kick and a punch match, isn't it? Really? It's not, you're not going to see Austin taking a pop-up power bomb or, or, no. or, or a cannonball roll or, or anything like that. So uh, the, the, the wrestling enthusiast in me wants to see it, but the realist probably doesn't. Cause I think it, it, you know, it might stink. I mean, will it stink the joint out? I don't know. I, 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 I think there's some worry around ticket sales, isn't there? And um, yes, um, and and maybe they've done that as a as a as a spike. But um, and then we could go into another conversation about WrestleMania being held over two nights and all that, which is something that I'm not a you're not a fan I'm, of that. Are you? I'm not a huge fan of that. No. I'm, but equally, not a huge fan of the big seven hour fest. You know, like perhaps the one we went to at New York, where it was seven yeah. hours. As great as it was, it was very long, wasn't it? And um, you know naturally the audience you, you will get audience fatigue and stuff like that so I, i'm not really sure what the answer is but I, I, I don't think the answer is austin to be honest with you but that said from his perspective i suppose it's one big and one big more payday isn't it potentially if it if it comes off i'm still not 100 percent. i mean you're talking about well mind you six seven weeks build there is time to build something on that isn't there really i suppose but um yeah it just feels a bit not not quite right to me yeah, I, I think I wonder if he need if I, I don't think he needs the money. He probably doesn't need the money in the in the in the stratosphere within which you and I live. But I do I do think there's something to be said for if you've earned a lot of money in your life and you have to you and your your circumstances fundamentally change, um, then it's possible. I mean, I don't know what I mean. WWE can pay Steve Austin whatever you know. Name a name a number. If Steve Austin had turned up and wrestled in Saudi Arabia, probably talking about two or three million dollars for one night's work, um, maybe more actually. Uh, and actually, they could pay him for this for WrestleMania all day long. And actually, if you live in it, you know, I don't know what you know. Austin hasn't 
Austin's done movies, he's done reality TV. I'm sure his podcast is very, very successful. But actually, he doesn't do his podcast now, his audio podcast. He does the stuff at WWE Network. But what I mean, what's that realistically going to pay him? I'm sure he's on some sort of retainer deal with WWE. But let's say he's on, I don't know, 200, 200, 250,000 US dollars, US dollars, a huge amount of money, but not if you've had... 10 million dollar years like he's probably had especially with the t-shirt sales and stuff so i do wonder if you know it, it could be you know investments you know i haven't quite worked out i know he sold his big ranch in texas he lives in los angeles now you know is this oh, is, I, is, I, is, I didn't realize that so yeah, yeah i mean right. i think he's got another place another country place now but i think he downsized but again that is there what's the reason behind that um is this is this his pension fund for the next 20 years that that's kind of how i see it i think mm. Yeah, and I suppose if that carrot was dangled, then then you'd, you'd take it. I mean, you'd say to carry it through, you, you, he would probably be better off in like a um, like a, a, a tag match. But he's not that sort of guy, is he? He doesn't have that that sort of thing that I, a, 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 being in a tag team, he's always been very solo and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's a hmm. yeah. I don't know. I can see why he'd do it if the carrot was big enough, but. It's not. It's not that I'm not looking forward to it, but I just don't want him to um, it to not be great, and then that's what you remember him by. Like for example, when you think back to Shawn Michaels, that last match that he had oh, in, yeah. in, in Saudi, which which was not great. You know, I think that's that that's being kind in in some respects, but um, you don't want to remember that as his. I want to remember Shawn Michaels' last match as WrestleMania 26. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not 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 a tag team match in Saudi Arabia with four wrestlers who were clearly past their their peak, which was never saying. going to work. And that's the thing I, I've said on the on the show before. That match was never going to work in that circumstance. If you put that match in, you know, on SummerSlam in Madison Square Garden or something, I think the nostalgia and the people would have got them through. But they didn't have that. It was no. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Coupled with the injury that Triple H got so yeah. early in the match, and 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 it just was not great was it so um, it was just a complete complete and utter mess around so so yeah i'm I'm a bit torn on it to be honest with you i mean it it sounds to me like it 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 may well happen i'd be interested to see how it plays itself out but um, uh, i'm I'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be a um oh what's the word i'm looking for um like a themed match yeah i can't think what i think it'll be a street fight won't it i would have yes, thought i can't I mean, see yeah. steve austin donning the little yeah. blank black trunks yeah. again it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a street fight no dq type yeah. type thing and uh yeah yeah i mean i i don't begrudge him a payday like if that's this is what this is about and actually my general cm punk's a really good example of this cm punk went away he said i don't want to i don't want to do this i really don't want to do this and i kind of thought well fair enough like, i'd love to see him wrestle again but if he doesn't want to do it I, you know I, who am i and who anyone say that with Steve Austin, I do. There is a little part of me. It's like, oh, I, all those WrestleManias. You know, we we turned out for several after his um, after his retirement. And you think he could have done tw- if it, you know he he what he did have he did have bad injuries, but actually ultimately at that time when thing you know they let I mean they let Kurt Angle wrestle the main event at WrestleMania 19 when he could have broken his neck at any minute. Steve Austin, if he wanted to carry on, could have carried on, and that's not to say I think he should have done. But what I'm what I'm saying in a roundabout way is WrestleMania 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 20, 25 in Houston. I mean, all of those would have been a younger Steve Austin in his early to, to mid 40s. And now we're talking about Steve Austin that's 57. And I just think, 
I mean, I'm sure whichever night it's going to be, I'll stay up for it and watch it live. But I, it is through a mixture of slight disappointment and concern, really, I think, is the is the way to put it. Um, yeah. just, to, just in closing on the ticket sales, I mean, for... I don't. I don't know what the what. I actually don't know what the rules are to get into America right now. I presume you need some sort of COVID test or something. But people are put off by international travel, and you think that you used to get maybe twenty five thousand people traveling from Europe for WrestleMania. Them selling a hundred thousand tickets over two nights, so for about nearly fifty thousand for two nights. It's not bad going, but I guess they want it. They want it. They want to get that up to. And I think that there's there's a. I don't mind the two night WrestleMania. If you if you put if you give me two two good four hour shows, I'm quite happy with that. But maybe they need to realign after Los Angeles next year if they go two nights again. Maybe they need to start thinking about you know a fifty thousand seater like a big baseball stadium or some of the smaller domes rather than going so big because I, I you know mm. and also atmosphere wise is maybe that's a little bit better as well. Or take it back to an arena, stick it in a Staples Center for two nights and you know charge a bit more or, or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, because 50,000 people in a 100,000-seater stadium, you're going to lose the atmosphere. You are, yeah, exactly. 50,000 exactly. people in a 75,000 enclosed arena, if there are such a thing, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's or, loads of smaller stuff in there. Or, or, or a stadium where that you can close the roof. Hmm. You know, 50,000 people, it, it, it would be a good atmosphere. But yeah. in open air, you're going to lose that that atmosphere aren't you um, yeah because um, you'd yeah. have one side pretty much closed off but we'll, yeah. we'll see i mean it may be that as as you said by the time that um you're listening to this there might be more news in it but it does it does sound like it's a done deal from 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 everyone that you're hearing right. about and um, mm-hmm. the other thing that i i think possibly more likely that by the time you're listening to this cody rhodes would have debuted the night before on raw i, I really believe this is going to happen what do you think about this? I mean, you, I, mean I know that you're, you've been a kind of a very, very ultra casual viewer of AEW. Do you have any interest in this? Are you interested in him um, and him term going back to WWE? And do you think it'll be a success? So you think he'll debut at in I Saudi? Think, I, I, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that would be a really big mistake. I think he has to debut on Raw. I would say next week. Okay, I. Because Smack, Smackdown's in the cans, so they can't. He can't. He can't debut on Smackdown. Yeah, they, they Friday. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, unless they're going to put him on WrestleMania, I would prefer for them to wait until the night after WrestleMania. I don't think they can. I don't think they can. He, he'll be. He, he's. I mean, it's possible that they that they, this is not again. This is not signed and sealed. And I suspect by the time you're listening, as I keep saying. Some of the some of these comments are oh. a bit old, but I, I think they're paying him. A, they're going to pay him a hell of a lot of money, and I think if they're paying him that much money, they want to get him in. And they want to get that first promo done. I think, and I think they will have him at WrestleMania. All right, so you know he was mid card at best in the WWE, wasn't he? Um, yeah, lower mid card uh, really at some points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not a great gimmick when he left. Um, what what are they going to do with him? What what what? Are they going to do? I, I, that's that's my concern. Is that he'll come in and um, he'll have that. I suppose I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of some similarities back to maybe like someone like Scott Steiner that came in, gave him that big push, the big the big match to start with, and then just faded away into back into mid mid card obscurity. And um, oh, I'm not I'm not ter- I'm not sold on the fact that he will come to the WWE. I mean, it seems the most logical thing. Does it lead to some sort of I'd love it. Some sort of invasion angle. Do you know, is it all a bit of a ruse? This, You know what I mean? But um, yeah, 
I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. It, it really. And who would you even match him up with at WrestleMania? Well, I, yeah, I just don't know enough about the product to, to be able I mean, to you wouldn't want him to come so. in. You wouldn't want him to come in and then have a match with like, no, no disrespect, but like a match like with Sami Zayn. You know. Seth Rollins is free now, isn't he? Because he was originally going to be paired with Shane McMahon. Though, though there's some talk about, um, isn't there some talk about Lesnar losing the title? Well, again, this will have happened by the time it is this, but I think yeah. there might. I have mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a variety of things that that yeah. um, that um, well, Lesnar hasn't got a title to lose, has he? Uh, isn't Lesnar? Oh, sorry, sorry, the other way around. That Reigns loses the title loses the universal title and Lesnar wins back the WWE title and yeah. the Lesnar reigns Matt. Crikey, this is complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the way heard, around. Yeah, yeah. I've also heard that Lesnar Lesnar wins at the Elimination Chamber and it and goes go title versus title. title. Yeah. I I've think they'd be some... stupid if if Reigns loses. I think that's that's very dumb. Yeah. And then I've seen something that um Rollins is gonna Rollins will be in, in the main event of Mania in a triple threat. Like, uh, do you know what I mean in mm. terms of you know what they had at WrestleMania 31, which is still just the most amazing, um, yeah, yeah, amazing thing. Um, so there's there's lots of stories going around. Personally, me, uh, I don't see any benefit from putting the title on Goldberg. I really don't. Um, oh, he, he's um, the one, isn't it? And it, it'd be Goldberg and Rollins. I think I've seen is is that way, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, it, if I had to go for any of the options, I, I would probably go for a title versus title thing at, at Mania. Unify them. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if, if that if that's the match, they th- they've thrown literally every single thing at that, haven't they? Just yeah. stick it title for title uniform. You can always break them up again. Let yeah. them let them carry two belts and then have a you know have something if you want to. But yeah. I'm a big believer in one champion. But, but coming back to Cody Rhodes, I, I really wouldn't want to see him in a in a Mania match. You know, it would it would have to be to, for the impact. It would have to be an upper to main event match, wouldn't it? But I just don't see how they can do that i just don't it just doesn't work for me i i which just, is why i think i'd rather save him until after mania yeah i think there's such a buzz now that i think they've got to but I, yeah, I, I, might, sorry so you're done no i was gonna say I, I, you're right they've probably got a strike while the iron's hot but 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 we are ultimately talking about wwe and i i, I listened to a show on the way back tonight um with john pollock and waiting from post wrestling who are excellent and brandon thurston from wrestlenomics and john pollock the main host there just had no faith that they were going to wwe were going to get this right um because the other two guys were talking about you know what a promo they could do what you could do like that like you know i was i created something else where now i'm back in the big leagues etc and it's like i don't think that he'll be allowed to talk about that and you know, he won't be, he won't have any, not that he, I don't think he had so much input in his creative over the last, um, since December 2019, I understand that Tony Khan's had taken more of a, a like a Vince McMahon role in, in, in terms of like, this, you know, it's my say. Um, but I, I just can't, I can almost already see the Cody Rhodes promo in AEW in five years or three years when he comes back. And it's like, oh, I've had shackles on me for three years. And it's like, well, what do you think you're going to get in WWE because you're you not you don't you don't think you'd end up in like New Japan or anything like that. I don't the problem with New Japan is um New Japan have been decimated financially by the pandemic because okay. that they've been they've been operating uh, they they first of all they had uh what well, I guess maybe five or six months off in in 2020 they've been operating with um uh social distancing crowds until recently um and they they just they just, they've, they've got nothing They've got no, no I mean, no even cool. even people like Osprey and um, Jay White, 
have not been working New Japan regularly because they've still got hotel quarantine. So they're so Japan's so far behind the rest of the world that their biggest imports are not in the company. And I think they did 10,000 the first night at the Tokyo Dome and 8,000 the second mm. night. Um, and that in comparison to when I went was a 45,000 sellout the first night in January 2020 and 32-odd thousand the next night, which is weird because the, ne- the next night was the conclusion of the stories, but the traditional day for it was the 4th of January. So, mm. and, and that happened again this year in terms of less people, but they're, 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 they're on their knees. In terms of anywhere else, there's just no, like this, no. this is going to be unbelievable money that Cody Rose is being paid because Vince can do it. Vince can say, this is the start of the turn back. Like, I, like, you know, we know what Vince, Vince is like. He wants to kill off this company. Um, and, and I think this is a big signing for him. The only, the only one bigger, I think, in terms of, AEW is Omega. Um, he, I think Cody's number two in terms of not yeah. counting the people that have gone the other way, but in terms of pure AEW kind of. I know Cody was in WWE originally, but in terms of getting someone away, I think I think I think Cody's number two. I, and, and then you ask that question: Are more going to follow? So this this is a thing, isn't it? Are, are more will more now now follow? You know, I, I'm not I'm not that close to contract extensions and that, but you think. Um, you know, Cody and uh, have the Bucks signed a new contract? I think uh, the they... Bucks, I think, are in for two years. Omega's got one left, I think. I think MJF has got one left. They're two big yeah. ones. And Hagman yeah, the Page that... is probably one or two. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones. I mean, yeah, I, we've always, I've always wanted to see Omega in um, in in WWE. You know, I think the, 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 there's so many dream matches that you can think of, can't you, um, um, with that. Um, M- MJF is really making... Uh, 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 a name for himself I almost feel he's a bit like a, a Jericho coming over from WCW mm. in his in his prime do you know what I mean so I think that will be that will happen it has to I think it will happen um, and, and I suppose then the concern is that does AEW become become what was WCW with just all the older you know all the older stars and, and things like that do you know what I mean it's well, um, yeah I think I think the Cody thing is they they sign so many people and what what Khan has started to do is as contracts have become so instead of instead of big releases uh and just you know basically what he started to do is when contracts come up for renewal he's not renewing them so, so Cody's contract was up six or seven weeks ago and obviously and creatively Cody's in an odd spot because Cody is in the is in the John Cena Roman Reigns um being pushed to baby face but getting negative reactions and has been involved in a lot of creative um stuff that hasn't been very good frankly so he's in a weird spot uh, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit akin I, I would compare it but not not the same but if you do you remember Bret Hart at the end of his WWF run in 97 so yeah. Bret Hart was in this weird spot where they turned him heel and he was like very very anti-American um, but by the end, I remember there was a particular Roy Madison Square Garden where he did the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be thing. And people were, ch- were saying it along with him. And I was thinking, I wonder if Brett can go back babyface, but it's really difficult. And I think that came, that came down to it in the negotiations with Vince. Like, well, creatively, what have you got? Shawn Michaels is the number one heel in the company. That was my job. I was originally the number one babyface in the company. Steve Austin's now that. I've, I've, I've slammed everybody uh, in terms of in America. So how can I go back to being a babyface? Cody Rhodes now is he was a babyface. He's got and, and he was he was loved by this hardcore fan base. They started to turn on him a bit. That fan base is going to hate him even more. So is he just going to heal in WWE? I suppose that's probably the answer. Mm. But maybe he doesn't want to do that because he's got this reality TV stuff. And again, there's no there's no um, 
the interesting of that is those contracts are with Warner Media who have have um AEW on TBS. Yeah. So is that going to be renewed? Don't know. Maybe he wants to stay babyface, like the Cena thing in terms of um the charity stuff. He probably won't, probably will be out of his hands. But he's in a tough spot creatively. Um, so yeah, I just I just don't I don't see this outcome being good. I, I, like I said, I come back to my original point. I I'm not convinced he'll be on w, uh, WWE TV before WrestleMania. I'm just not convinced. We shall see, won't we, Stu? We shall, we shall see. see. We shall I, see. I think I think while we're just on that, I do think the one mistake that McMahon made was never having Cody versus Dustin as a match in WWE. Because yeah, I didn't do it though. Yeah, hey. They didn't do it, did they? I don't, no, I don't believe. No, no, I think that was a big mistake. Big mistake. Um, yeah, they. I don't. I'm trying to think whether they ever did it on like a Raw or something. But they certainly never did it in a. Um, never did it in like a. Um, Pay per view. Yeah, in like a in like a promoted way. Yeah. And um, that they had they had a match on um on maybe AEW's first ever pay per view. It was, um, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, it was a bloodbath, wasn't it? Which it was, was which was absolutely superb. It was one yeah. of one of Cody's best matches of his entire career. Um. So yeah, there was there was certainly something there. But again, I I just don't. I don't have any. I know that there's some things. I don't watch very much WWE at all, uh, almost none. And I know there are some things that WWE still does well. But on the whole, it's not. So, and I, there's not. Do you know what? There's not many places that I would trust because AEW, though I like more of their stuff than I don't. There's no one really that I would trust in in the. I wouldn't trust New Japan particularly now because they've had they've had some creative mishaps. So I think there's there's you know there's a lot of bad wrestling out there. So I, I you know I do wonder I do wonder about him. But I you know I wish you, we met him. He was a lovely guy. I was and I, I I'm sure we both uh, wish him the best. But you know whether you know whether this works out or not, I do not know. So Stardust and just looking at this now, Stardust and Gold Dust had a house show series um, on a European tour. Um, that believe it or not, Gold Dust defeated Stardust in a dark match on May, on WWE main event. That's what they thought of that. Obviously, um, I can't find. I don't think I can find no, I a TV looking, match. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Gold Dust defeats Stardust. WWE Fastlane 2015. They did do it on pay per view. I mean, oh. that just goes to show how memorable it was, doesn't it? I think they were talking about doing it at WrestleMania. This is this is it. They were talking about doing it at WrestleMania, and then they ended up doing it. Uh, that weird fast lane pay-per-view that was I think was that main evented by Dean A- oh no Dean Ambrose and Triple H was the year after I can't remember that I've got no memory of that at all no memory of that at all very odd yes very weird fast lane 2015 who on earth was on that card is fast lane is, is oh I remember it now I remember is it now. fast lane is fast lane the last pay-per-view before Wrestlemania I yeah, so, yeah so that was main event I do, I do remember this now so that was main event do you remember the year that Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble leading into the Lesnar match and they and Daniel Bryan was around so everyone rejected it well that was that was the night that um, Reigns beat Bryan for the n- number one contendership basically so, so that, that would have been that would have been going into Wrestlemania 31 then correct yeah yeah yeah, and I think Stardust was in the was in the um, ladder match. But there we go, there we go. Some interesting developments in the world of wrestling. And now we're getting back in our time machines to go back to the early part of 1986. So last week we had a look at some YouTube finds from January and February, and we are now skipping forward six weeks from our last television review to the Mid South episode that aired on Saturday, February the twenty second, nineteen eighty six. And unfortunately, it appears that six weeks of television has been lost to the annals of time forever 
But now upcoming, we have five complete weeks to review, which will include the conception of the Universal Wrestling Federation. So now for the observant amongst you, I've been opening the show over the last couple of weeks with a big hit from the year 1986. So we've had That's What Friends Are For by Dion Warwick and Pals. We've had Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. Uh, those two were number one and number two, as Stuart sing, sing, mimes along in the background. Uh, those two were number one and number two Billboard Top 100 selling songs of 1986. However, in third place was a song uh, that I hadn't ever heard of. So, Stu, I know you're a bit of an 80s music buff. Have you ever heard of I Miss You by an artist who I think name is pronounced Climax? And that's spelled K-L-Y-M-A-W-A. Yeah, I never heard of her. Have you heard of this woman? Uh, I haven't heard of that song, but I have heard of a... Uh, did Climax have a song called, uh, I think it was Man Love or something like that. Hang on, let me just, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard of the band. I've heard of the band because I did have one of their vinyls. Wow. Well, that's the song that's opened the show today, but obviously you haven't heard it yet. And they're, an all female, it. they're an all female band, aren't they, if I remember right? It was girls and I didn't watch much of the video, but it was it was all ladies in the video. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, P Climax pop band, an American all-female pop and R&B band from Los Angeles. Yeah, Man, uh, si man Size Love, that was it. Yeah, wow, I, I no, said Man Love, but Man Size Love. Yeah, No yeah. idea about that. That's uh, what that I, had that on, I had that on vinyl and it made... Um, oh, Man Size, where are we? What did it get to in the UK? Ooh, 86. Number 86 in the UK charts. <laughs> and you had it on vinyl? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just some random, probably some car boot sale vinyl. Wow, that, yeah. wow. I wonder yeah. if it was on like a collect, whether it was on like a now album or something, and you liked oh. it, and you saw it like a like a compilation type no, thing. But, but I do, I do, I do. Yeah, I'm sure it was an all female, all female yeah. band. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. not a bad, it's not a bad tune, but um, it's a bit of a, kind of like a slow love song sort of thing. But um, yeah, perfect for a mid south uh, wrestling review podcast. Uh, so on with the review, and the show starts rather gratingly, going straight into some footage from last week featuring Taras Bolt Bulbs. I don't think I've written that right. Bulba maybe beating down Steve Dole before heading into the arena to see Jim Ross and Joel Watts dress the nines in bow ties with plastic folders in their hands and the crowd in the background. So this is the first time you've seen this new setup here. What were your kind of early impressions of this, you know, I guess slightly modernised and, you know, bigger ticket TV production here? Yeah, you could tell. Yeah, you could, you could, you could tell the difference. Um, yeah, I still, I still like, I still like the, the old set and stuff like that but um times progress don't they and um, it was yes you, yeah you, you, you roll with it don't you so um so well, yeah this... no, no no particular opinions on the on the set but um, okay yeah, progress is always going to happen well so. and this this is the, this is really the end of mid-south because this becomes uh, you know a, a really a, a kind of a, an attempt at going properly national with this this promotion at this time hence the mid-south name didn't really work but we'll, we'll get to that in the next um, next few weeks so joel talks about the inaugural jim crockett senior memorial cup competition that's a that's a catchy title uh, which will be coming to the superdome and they've been contacted by every major tag team in the world and the rock and roll express will be back in mid-south today and then we cut to eddie gilbert in ring with jim ross Ross said Gilbert would like to take this opportunity to make, make some announcements regarding his career in 1986. He said Ross was an intelligent man and that he had told everyone that 1985 would be his year, and it was. And now 1986 is here, he is going to make a huge announcement. At the age of 24, he is stepping down from the wrestling ring and is announcing his retirement today. The crowd popped big for this in terms of like, let's get rid of him, we don't want to see him. Ross asked why he was making this announcement. And Gilbert said he had a 280 pound Mongolian in the back 
plus a big Russian later on. He said the real reason for the retirement is because he has a new lady in his life and he can wrestle when he wants to, but he doesn't really have to. Um, this was a bit of a strange announcement, I thought, but Gilbert was usually good on promos and I thought this was fine. What do you think of this? Well, going back to the first point about the Jim Crockett Memorial Cup tournament, I thought I was quite interested in what Joel says that, um, how they've been contacted by every major team. And then he says, oh yeah, and then we're going to have to look at ranking and seeding and stuff like that, yes. which I thought was 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 interesting. So uh, I'd like to quite like to see how that that unfolds. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the interview with Eddie Gilbert, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think you've summarised it quite articulately. Um, um, obviously, he didn't let on who were the real, uh, the real, who his new lady is, and I'm sure that will play out over over a period of time. So, um, yes. so yeah, not, not really much more to add to that. No, I suspect he'll be back. Um, it was clear that there had been a bit of a shift in talent in this promotion since the last TV taping, as up next we had the future Bushwhackers, the Sheep Herders, going up against Ricky Gibson and my favourite, Al Perez. Uh, while Luke was in against Al, Ross said, talk about Beauty and the Beast, and clearly he shared my view on the gorgeous Perez. The Sheep Herders, to huge boos, won this via a double gut bust on Gibson in two minutes, completely out of nowhere. They paraded the New Zealand flag with Ross saying that they were very anti-American. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect from this match, but I must be honest, I was a little bit underwhelmed by what I actually ultimately ended up getting. Uh, what do you think of the Sheep Herders here? Well, like the um, were they packaged up as the New Zealand sheep herders as well? Yes, so yeah. um, um, let, let, let's cut to the match and then because I did a little bit of research actually, so we'll cut to the match. Um, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we're used to seeing the Bushwhackers, big fan favourites, coming out licking people's faces and stuff like that, and there was obviously there was none of that. Um, yeah, these were these were like serious yeah. heel Bushwhackers, heel, heel characters, yeah. weren't they? So, so in terms of the match, nothing, nothing that. I haven't come to expect but I, I i went and did a little bit of research because and i and i and i was genuinely surprised at this i didn't realize that they started their wrestling career so early 1966 is when they really they started that yeah yeah wow. uh, you tell this is one 1966 they wrestled for which makes you think then how old were they actually <laughs> actually at that point in mid-south do you know what i mean so but apparently Wrestled, started wrestling for the NWA New Zealand in 1966, and then moved over to Calgary Stampede Wrestling and, and some of the Canadian territories in the in the early 70s. Um, and they won. Ooh, what was it? And this is the other interesting thing I found as well. Naturally, we think the Bushwhackers was always Luke and Butch or, or the Sheep Herders and stuff like that. But actually, what it said is, is that Butch actually quit wrestling for three years and moved back to New Zealand. So Luke was teamed up with a wrestler called Jonathan Boyd in like the early 80s. Okay, yeah. Um, um, but they won their first, uh, so they won their first tag team title in 1974, Stampede International Tag Team title, defeating the great Saki and Tokyo Joe. And their last title was the APWL Pennsylvania Tag Team titles, defeating the House of Kane in February 1999. There you go. Wow. But what genuinely shocked me was 1966. I'm like, really? Yeah. So look, um, Butch would have been early 20s at this point. But just goes to show they were they weren't young when their WWF run were they? They would have been at 40 or early 40s at that point. Yeah, but when did the WWF run come to an end? Was it around 92, 93? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember 91 because they were with Andre the Giant, weren't they, at SummerSlam, and that was like his final. WWE appearance wasn't yes, it? Yes, I think um, so. Yeah, um, and that, and I, I seem to remember him in '92 in the '92 Royal Rumble, 
but I don't really remember much more about them after that. So maybe 93 might have been their last. So I suppose if that, if that, yeah, so they would probably have been, I'm going to have to find out. Oh, well, they are now. It's bothering me now. Go so. for it. And I'll, I'll tell a little story about the Bushwhackers. So I got, uh, so every year, the last few years, um, I've had, I've had a golf weekend with, with uh, a few friends and I, started doing like a bit of an elaborate video for the draw for who plays with who and one year i got several cameos uh for each of the guys um it was like a good luck message and i picked for myself i picked the cheap the cheapest one one of the cheapest ones i could find which was luke bushwhacker and it was it wasn't it was far like, i don't want to discourage if you're a big fan of the bushwhackers listen to this just yeah I'm sure he needs some money, so get a cameo from him. But mine wasn't amazing, to be honest. It was very rambling. And then out of nowhere, my sister got me a message on my 40th birthday from Luke Bushwacker. So she obviously didn't know about this golf thing. And it was actually even worse. It wasn't very good at all. And it was just like him rambling for about four minutes. I don't even think I watched the whole thing, which I feel bad about. But, um, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't very good at all. So, yes. So- Bushwhacker Luke was born on the 8th of January, 1947. So technically he would have been about 19 if he started in 1966. Yes, yeah. So then 36, no, yeah, 39 at Mid-South. So by the time he got to 93, you're talking mid 40 So yeah, I suppose yeah. it fits, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I was just surprised. 19, I thought 1966, that's like, God. That is a long time ago, isn't it? In terms of, yeah, I mean, that's, that's before. Nine, that's only three years after the WWF title became a thing. So um, mm. that is a long time, long time ago. Mm. Uh, great facts, SG. Well, perhaps we need to give you perhaps your new nickname on this podcast will be Stato, perhaps. Yeah. The facts. I'm back yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Fantasy, fantasy Football League days. More, more, more to come, more to come. Good, good. I look forward to it. <laughs> Up next, Dr. Death Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase defending the Mid South Tag Team titles versus Dick Murdoch and the Mars Superstar, the future acts of demolition. Murdoch got on the microphone and said, you can tell we're in stinking Oklahoma again, which did not get a nice reaction from the crowd. But what did get a good reaction were our tag team champions, DiBiase and Williams, making their way to the ring. Joel put over that the fans had turned out during a major snowstorm in Oklahoma and the crowd was so, so hot for Williams' shoulder smashes and erupted from every single time he used it. At 5.45, DiBiase got Murdoch with a huge power slam and then got him in the figure four leg lock. But, and Williams in the background cut off the superstar who's trying to interfere. But then another masked man got in there and interfered for the DQ in six minutes and six seconds. And post-match, all three men beat down Williams and DiBiase as Joel screamed that the other masked man's mask must be loaded and whatever was in there must be mighty powerful. The bell rang out in the background as some of the crowd was screaming while this took place. I thought this was a really good angle. But the upbeat music they play going into break after our heroes have been decimated was a bit weird in the circumstances. I actually quite like the match too until the finish. Uh, what did you think of this tag and the post-match angle? Yeah, I um, I mean, the crowd were red hot, weren't they? Which, mm. And, and I've, got, I've got a question to ask you about that afterwards. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Murdoch, classic heel statement and that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's always strange seeing DiBiase for me being cheered because he's always been the quintessential heel. Yes, yeah. uh, and also, I thought he looked very good in red with his with his blonde. He's just phenomenally, phenomenally good looking man, isn't he, really? Yeah. 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 But uh, uh, like you said, I love the shoulder smashes. Yeah. I love the, yeah, yeah, the physicality. Um, the, the Doctor Death, you, yeah, just yeah, and, and Murdoch sold them so well and all. He, he, he was he really sold them sold them well. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, 
great match. Really enjoyed the match. Like I say, a bit of a bit of a down finish and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I I did a bit of research on who the Mars Superstar Two was as well. So oh, um, I don't know this. Go on, yeah, great. Well, I I, I actually researched because I, I did a bit of research on who the Mars Superstar was. Um, yes, and I think I don't think it comes as any surprise that it was Bill Eady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and, that, and then, it, then obviously it popped up about Mars Superstar 2. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a look at that. And apparently, I mean, again, you, you only go by what, what you read on the internet, but uh, the Mars Superstar 2 was Kelly Kniski. Oh, something to do with Gene Kniski was this. So, um, yes, I think it's his son. Uh, uh, probably would work eight, like um, timing-wise, yeah. I would have thought, yeah. Um, but apparently... Um, Something happened. Something happened, and what signs the Blade Runners, and then cut Kaninsky, which prompted Edie and Murdoch to quit. Ah, yeah, because so, Edie's Edie's not around for very long in in um yeah in Mid South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there's there's a bit of an issue there around around that. But anyway, but but anyway, so that was that was a little bit of research there. But what I wanted to ask you was, is that 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 those fans were so hot for that match, weren't they? Yeah, and and inevitably you get that fan burnout. So. I, I can think of two matches, and you probably know which ones I'm going to say, where the crowd have been so hot that it's just then gone right flat afterwards the next match and so on and so forth like that. So my question to you is, is is because you've been to a lot more wrestling than what I have, but aside from the two matches that you probably will think I'll say, are there any, are there any matches where you've watched where it's been so pumped and then it's just gone like well, that? Well, I think... Are we talking about directly after, or just some point afterwards in the on the card? Well, I think just just later on the card, it's later just the card. goes well, into I, a slump. I think the two maybe two that we, one we were sat sat together, and the other one we were sat in the same building. But the two worst that spring to my mind are Chris Jericho and Triple H at WrestleMania 18. Was yeah. I mean, it was terribly badly put put together in terms of that. Um, but I, I I'd convince myself that the crowd was going to be really for Jericho because we're in Canada, but they just didn't care at all about either. And actually loads of people, I don't know if you remember this where you were, um, but lots of people in the top deck of Skydome were leaving during that main event. Like lots and lots of people, like literally like halftime at a football match, people were filing out. Um, And the other one is Randy Orton, Triple H, another Triple H main event spectacular at WrestleMania 25. 25. And actually to be fair, I think the crowd was still in it for Cena, Edge and the Big Show to a certain extent, which actually um, was fine. I, I remember watching that back probably five or six years ago. And um, that match was f- when, I was, yeah, when I was in Garden League, five or six years ago. Um, but Was that one where Cena had both Edge and the Big Show on his... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. The crowd yeah, was yeah. still there for that. But pe- the, the, the thing is, people didn't want to see Triple H and Randy Orton in the main event in the way they did it. Everyone was no. expecting a turn. They did a straightforward rest of the match, and people didn't like it. And Triple H won. It's like nothing happened. But again, it's but the, like because the build to that, the build to that match was was sensational, wasn't it? The, the actual run up to that Orton Triple yeah, H. I match thought it was there, the, when, yeah, yeah. When when Orton kissed Steph and locked Triple H to the ropes and and all that and 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 the, they got Shane McMahon involved in the month before, didn't they? I think because Randy Orton was red hot on Raw Rumble, wasn't yeah. it? And then yeah, they, then McMahon was involved. Yeah, and it kind of went down, but they did the house angle, didn't they? Where I think Triple H attacked him on the, in his house, which yeah. was good. But then they just everyone was expecting, or not everyone, but I think we were all half expecting is Stephanie going to turn on Triple H here, or is something going to happen? And they just had a tr- straightforward wrestling match, and Triple H won. Like, uh, is that it? And like, and yeah. everyone was walking out of wrestling. It's like I don't 
really understand what we've but just seen. But if you seen think there. about how flat that card went after, you know, after in uh, 18, after Hulk and, and Rock, and then 25 after Taker and, and Michaels, they were, they were still matches that were in the middle of the card. So there was a lot of time then left for the, the card to build up to the main events, but it, it they just didn't, did they? They just no. And we're going to talk be talking about. I've got that a note in the end of the show. Stu will be back, and I'm going to move this forward now. Ne- in next month for our 20 year look back at WrestleMania 18, our watch alongs, we're just finalising the dates, but that show will be out on St Patrick's Day. So why don't you you'll be, ready, be able to download that in the morning? Have eight pints of Guinness during the four hours that we're talking about WrestleMania. We'll probably need eight pints of Guinness to get through that, actually. So <laughs> certainly some of the matches on that, but I'm very much looking forward to that. I am. I am. Yeah, there's a lot really of those matches that I haven't seen for a very long time. I so. don't think I've watched that show back in full since probably the f- a few days afterwards. I've probably watched Hogan and Rock 20 times, but I can't ever remember watching any of the rest of it. Um, so some, some stuff I don't I don't remember. Um, anything else on uh, DBOC Murdoch, anything before we... Uh, uh, no, no we, we, we digressed, didn't we? But yes, uh, but but yes, great, great match. Great match. Yeah, really enjoyable. Next up, we've got a promo. So on these YouTube versions, these are people... Someone's record, literally recorded this on a VHS, and these are the New Orleans local versions yeah. of these shows now, which, which is interesting. So we get some local promos. So we've got a promo from Ross talking about... Terry Taylor and Jim Duggan being at the grand opening of the new Walmart store in Covington, Louisiana. And that appearance was in association with Magna Light Cookware and Lizzie Gumbo Pots and Fryers. Um, Phil, if you're listening, please let me know if you had a Magna Light Cookware set on a Lizzie Gumbo Pots and Fryers and whether they were... Um, you know, well-known names just in, oh, do you know what? I'm asking them on person because Phil's in Oklahoma and it's it's Terry that would be uh, in, New, in New Orleans with this stuff. So yeah, I'm sorry, I've asked the wrong person. Terry, if you had any of that stuff, let me know. Were these big deals in your local area? And um, plus we got some adverts for forthcoming shows, including the Dog Collar Showdown between Duggan and Buzz Sawyer um, at the Lakefront UNO Arena. Sawyer talks about how ugly Duggan was and how he was stupid for signing this match with him. He said he beat them all and he called himself a legend killer, like Randy Orton in the future. Um, Duggan responded and said that he knew it was Sawyer's kind of match and that the people were worried he might not be ready. Duggan said that the Mid-South people were his family and he'd fight Sawyer anywhere, even in a bar with pool cues. Uh, And he said he was going to finish him once and for all this time. And tickets were $8, $5 and $3 this showdown in New Orleans. That I've been to that arena for a uh, Ring of Honor show. That is a cracking little arena, probably about ten thousand. So that whoever was getting those three dollar tickets, even if you're in the back row of that place, you had a very good, very good view of. And I don't know what that is with inflation. I will check that. While I, you're I, speaking. You don't need I've to, I you checked it. it. I've done oh, it. I've yes, done it. yes, amazing, <laughs> incredible stato. Right over to you, Stu. Well, I haven't done the three dollars one, but I did the eight dollar one. Well, we can work <laughs> it out from that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I went on the inflation calculator and. And I thought, oh, I just wonder what that is. $8 in 1986 nowadays is would be worth $20.73. That's cheap, isn't it? That so is it's cheap just over one, one, and a, one and a fifth. So $3 would be, uh, what, $6.25, $6.30, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, under $6.50. So that, I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Just goes to show we've been ripped off for eight years. Just goes to show, and also that we're on the same wavelength as well. So uh, I don't know what average. Oh, I'm going to look this up. Um, have you got anything to add on on uh, on the on these promos at all? While I look up what our last WrestleMania ticket cost us, 
No, I was just uh, I, I, I was chuckling to myself, and and we'll give a shout out to uh, to, to to Mark here. Uh, when Duggan said about he offers to fight him anywhere, finishing with pool cues, it just reminded me of that time that we we all met up in London and we went to uh, oh I don't we went to a, a, a pool bar, <laughs> didn't we? And and Mark just sharked us all and and just won every match. And he stuff really like did, that. yeah, yeah. He so, was phenomenal. Uh, I think it was my suggestion. I didn't win a single frame the whole time no. we were in there. So yeah, not ideal. No. So I think we've got to give a shout out to Mark there. So um Yeah, very, very good. I uh, I can't find this, but I mean it's just I mean wrestle the WrestleMania tickets when we were first going, they were they were reasonable. But by by the end, it was just I mean, it was just a bit of a bit of a joke, really, in terms of how much they they'd gone up. But the thing is, if if people are buying them, um then they're gonna continue yeah, yeah. gonna gonna continue in that vein, basically. So uh, where are we? Have I got it? You've just scored tickets to WWE WrestleMania, 14th of November, 2018. Let's have a little look. Crikey. $1,207.80. So basically that was, that was four of us, wasn't it? $301. And that was in, that was in the hundred level, wasn't it? I mean, they were, yeah. they were, they were, the tickets were fine, but they were quite far back and we were only probably about, 10 or 15 yards away from being stuck behind that big pole. I think we were all a bit worried about, weren't we? Because of the outdoor, um, yeah. the, the over thing at MetLife Stadium, which I thought was a bit of a dump. What did you think of that place? Um, Yeah, it was. It looked yeah, impressive yeah. on the inside, I thought. Right. Yeah. But, the, but the bits um, in the kind of concourses, it's just like a bit of a concrete, concrete jungle. I think like, yeah. I've, I've, it wasn't any better than no offense, but like not someone like Norwich, you turn up at Norwich, you think, oh, this is a perfectly nice football ground, but it's not like super modern or anything. But that MetLife Stadium was only built like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, 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 not not the most amazing. Uh though I did have I did have to I did I don't know if I should share this with you. I did go to the toilet once at uh Cairo, number twos, and there wasn't uh, um a seat on the toilet, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I um I porcelained it that day. Well, talking talking of porcelain, <laughs> I remember. Um, sorry, we are, we do digress here, don't we? But I remember. I remember we were on our. This is quite a good story, actually. So, uh, on our honeymoon, um, so we went to Verona for our for our. Well, we, we did a tour, obviously, but Verona, lovely, very nice. And we took in an opera because um, there's like a like a um, like a mini coliseum in Verona. It's, I mean, it's the most beautiful city, really. Is anyway, so. We, we 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 got these tickets to see Aida and uh, or Aida I think it's I think that's how you pronounce it Aida and um, so we had a meal and stuff like that we're all like nice linen I was in a nice linen coat and all that so we all went to this uh, went went to watch this anyway I started to really feel quite like my stomach was really gurgling oh, and no. stuff like that and I just said to Liz I said look I need to I need to go to the toilet and uh, uh, so I ran down and. and thing with opera is is once you come out of the thing you you're not allowed to go back in for that scene if you know what right, I mean. okay but like tennis or something you can't yeah. You got, yeah yeah so i literally got into the toilet and all it was was like a porcelain bath in the ground so it was literally <laughs> a case of just squatting and and off you go type scenario well i had the just i had terrible yeah i just felt i was so so ill and then but in the meantime within two minutes of me leaving to go mm. to the toilet the kid behind just barfed up all over my seat, oh. everywhere and stuff like that. Um, it all went on like Liz's dress and, oh, that's and, and wife's dress and stuff like that. Anyway, we obviously couldn't go back there. So we only ended up on 
the front row seats of the like, the main concourse. So you like at the Coliseum, you had all seats. Right? You're sitting on basically on stone steps, yeah, as well, yeah. stone, yeah, uh, with cushions. And then then in the middle of the Coliseum, you had like your normal seats, you know. And we ended up on the but front row of them, some like 400 euro tickets. So um, and that. So, but I felt so ill. And then it started. Were you still raining. rough after you? Oh ah, yeah. And then yeah, it started yeah. raining. So that to suspend the. I don't think oh, we got no. back to the hotel. I think the opera started at something like nine o'clock. We didn't get back to the hotel until about half two in the morning. Oh no! I didn't understand a word of it either. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, no. That is anyway, sorry. There's nothing worse than there's stomach, stomach problems at any time are bad, but stomach problems when you're in something like that. Yeah. I remember when I when I had my appendix out in Mexico, I had they they did warn me that the aftermath of all the drugs you'd have to take was probably worse than the operation. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Two weeks of like everything that we went through me came out in a in a oh, this is a bit much the podcast but well, I've got, I've started, so I'll finish. Everything came out in like just water form, basically. But I know I went to this was when Fulham were going for the going for second in the championship and we ended up winning the playoffs. We played Sunderland on a Friday night and the toilet I, I, I was complimentary about Norwich, but the stand I sit in Fulham is is basically it probably hasn't changed much since the 1920s. The toilet facilities are grim. There's there's barely any there's barely any facilities number two at all. And I was stuck there in the first half against Sunderland. I thought I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mess myself and sit sat here i can't get out but then i was all right it's like the panic is just as bad as the actual feeling isn't it so yeah if you've got any good um have you been have you been to the palace uh which sorry crystal palace oh yes yeah yeah i have many many times yeah grim (laughs) i think the first time we went to crystal palace my dad said that um we actually believe it or not the first time i went to crystal palace was charlton versus manchester united way back when charlton ground shared okay my my dad said that um the arthur Waite stand the concourses were about a foot deep in urine no that wasn't what that wasn't the the word he said he said something slightly ruder but um yeah (laughs) charlton beat man united that day as well actually i think that was like 88 or something 89 Brown sharing, God, that's yeah, uh, long time ago. That was before the um, big stand at one end. It was all standing at Christmas. Quacky, we've got onto a big tangent now. I'm sure all our American listeners loved stories about uh, our, our various stomach stomach issues and also football grounds they won't have heard of. So back to mid, back to mid south. Uh, Sean O'Reilly versus the returning Coco Ware. Do you have any idea what his interest music was? So I couldn't be bothered to unplug my headphones and Shazam this. Uh, no, I didn't. No. no, fine. No, fine. You've been very good on the stats so far, Shu, so I'll let you off that one. Um, he got a good reaction having made his comeback to Mid-South in February 86, having previously left the territory in August 1984. Having, uh, around that time, he was um, teaming with Orwell, Norvell, not Orville, Norvell Austin as pretty young things, I believe. Uh, what said last week, Koga had beaten Rob Richsteiner and Ross added that he wasn't intimidated by size. And this ended in just 36 seconds with a drop kick off the middle rope. I was a bit disappointed I didn't get to see more of this. Uh, we then got a reverse angle of the drop kick, which I thought was pretty decent. Anything to add on this short squash? All I wrote is awesome drop kick off the second rope, and that's all done, and we can all start dancing again. Yeah, it was decent. He, gets, wasn't he did it? get some of the crowd up, didn't he? He, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. He was probably. So, I uh, thought this crowd. I don't know how. I don't know how they shapes. did this. Yeah, I don't know how they did this taping in terms of because I want to look too too far ahead. I think they probably taped two episodes of TV at one go. But I thought the crowd was really good throughout the whole thing, and it, and it mm. definitely added something to it. And then being so yeah. so into these matches. Um, next up, it was time for Eddie Gilbert's big Russian Korchenko 
going up against Perry Jackson. And Korchenko wore a red T-shirt underneath his King Kong Bundy-style wrestling gear, which was not a good look. Uh, he also had on the old Berserker-style furry boots. Uh, he won with a shoulder breaker in 107. Uh, he then got the Soviet flag and held it up for the crowd. Uh, nothing to say about this other than his T-shirt. What did you think no, of this? No, I mean, I, I, I put those furry boots, looks very strange. Um, yes. What, what I did say, what I did think, though, was... Um, and again, not looking too far ahead, but I thought he looked—he looked very inexperienced. I don't know if—I don't know if he was a, a fairly new wrestler. Yeah, I think um, was. there was no no what I felt no real flow to the style of his wrestling. It was very disjointed. You know, the very limited things that he did—a few arm shots and and a shoulder break. Um, but when when you I suppose when you compare it to the other Russian or the other portrayed Russian wrestlers like Koloff and stuff like that, I just didn't really feel there was any comparison. Now I don't know whether eventually. They will cross paths and in that sort of thing, but but I thought he looked really very novice, real, real, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. But apart from uh, that, nothing, nothing really to add on that. So. No, I don't think this this guy was long for this promotion. Um, from the limited research I was about to, able to find out about him, uh, more local promos from Ross as he was pushing this Walmart appearance hard. A lot of free food and fun for everyone apparently. And if you went to this event, I really want to hear from you. Do reach out to me at Mid Moments on Twitter. Ross then talked about the upcoming North American title match between Slater and Roberts in New Orleans that would be no DQ with Dark Journey suspended above the ring in a small steel cage. We then got a promo from Slater along with Journey in a neck brace. Journey said she wanted to be next to her man and Ross said that was heartwarming. Um, promo from Roberts next where he said Journey had picked the wrong person. Roberts was really softly spoken as usual and great here, I thought. Um, so what was odd about all this is actually on the night, Roberts went into this match as champion and Slater beat him after what we talked about on the show last week. But this is basically like WWC, this like phantom title switches. So like they wouldn't, they wouldn't refer to it. On, I think the Sting, it was a UK one, wasn't there? It was Sting beat Flair, I think, for the world mm. title. They never referred to it on TV. And I think this is what happened here in Houston, uh, which is one of their, one of their major markets. Um, what did you think of Roberts and Slater here? Uh, I, I think... Dick's a great promo guy. So, uh, um, and, and uh, yeah, you've got two great promo guys there. So, um, but the one, uh, what got me thinking was, is that I was trying to think, you know, this, this old shark cage thing. And I was trying to think the last time that I can remember a shark cage being used. Have you, have you got any idea when you think? I'm thinking Paul Heyman was CM Punk, but what are you, what are you thinking? It, that, no, I'm not 100 sure that happened. But what what are your? Well, the last the, the last one that I can remember was uh, was it Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns and they had Chris Jericho in a cage. Oh yeah, the... yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that, and he dropped that definitely some, happened. And he dropped some. Was it the Rumble? Was it Rumble Royal Rumble 20? I think it was Royal Rumble 2017. Because um, uh, Owens won, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because then didn't Owens get squashed by? Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, that's the one where which yeah, then Gold... led to Jericho and Owens falling out, and 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 uh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Owens and Jericho was like the Intercontinental, I think, in the end, or US, uh, and then yeah. Goldberg and Lesnar was for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the last title. time I can remember a shark cage. Yeah, that's a good. That's a very good shout. That was at like, 2017, I suppose. That would have been. Yeah, it's weird to think that Reigns. But I know Reigns beat the Undertaker that year's WrestleMania, but it's weird that. Now, now Reigns would never lose in that scenario, would they? If Reigns is in that, he's winning. But back then, they obviously, um, you know, they they were they were happy with him losing in kind of a screwy fashion. Um, yeah. 
Up next, Mike Scott and Rob Ricksteiner versus David Peterson and Brett Wayne Sawyer. Brett, uh, Brett Wayne Sawyer hit a really good-looking drop kick on Steiner, albeit he nearly spiked himself on the way down. It was quite a scary moment. I must be honest with you, I got a delivery during this match, and I never really was able to quite get back into it, even though I thought... Do you want me to, want me to pick up the man on? Well, I, all I've got is it ended in four minutes by the Luthez press from Peterson. But is it, if, yeah. if there's anything of note to add, please do. Yeah, so. no, um, I like you. I, I thought there's a real snap to Sawyer's uh, uh, drop kick. Um, I was really impressed with Peterson in this match. Actually, mm. I really liked. I really, really liked him and stuff like that. And obviously pinned with the Luthez press. Um, I just thought it was a great sort of amateur wrestling type match. Really, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know Probably much about Peterson at all. I don't know whether he was. Um, what he did, uh, he crikey died at 33, David Peterson, um, which is really young. I mean, that's um, that's terrible. I presume this is the same the same person, but yeah, I mean, he he he. I thought that you know the bits that yeah, this is the same person. The, the bits that I saw, but yeah, he this was this was um, he wasn't around in Mid South very long. I think he was he appears on television maybe another maybe one other time, or okay. maybe two other times. But yeah, it, it doesn't look like he was. Um, much more he was an AWA world tag team champion in 1990 that's right at the end of the promotion um and he was world-class television champion back in 85 again world-class was still 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 reasonable then but past its best but yeah um not someone also known as DJ Peterson but not someone that I'm I'm familiar with at all I I liked what I saw yeah he uh after this run in mid-south he went back to so it wasn't actually no, sorry. The bit I always forget now when I'm looking on Cage Match about Mid South is that it's the 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 letters obviously switched to UWF. So I need to search yeah. both. So yeah, he was around in the UWF for a little while, and then after that, he's off to Memphis in the summer months. So not a huge run, but he we will see a bit more of him. Um, next up, we had Gustavo Gustavo Good pronunciation there. Gustavo Mendoza versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, and they showed Duggan's walk to the ring and he was unaccompanied by music as he was to be during his first phase of his later WF run. And he got a huge ovation, as you'd expect, for one of Mid-South's, Mid-South's top stars. Ross said that Duggan loved to wrestle anti-Americans and he had one more here in Mendoza. Watt said this was Duggan's first match following recent knee surgery uh, and Duggan destroyed Mendoza with a huge clothesline right to the face in 115 and eventually finished it off in one minute and 46 seconds with a spear. Crowd loved it. I quite enjoyed it. What did you think of this? It was fun. Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? That's a great it was way of fun. describing it. I mean, yeah. yeah, like you say, massive clothesline. I don't, I don't think I've seen him hit a clothesline like that in a long time. Right in the face, isn't it? Right yeah. in the mush, weren't it? And uh, yeah, yeah. And, and he got the crowd... W- Got the crowd whipped back up again, didn't it? So yeah, like, it, it went a little bit of a lull. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So um, that's yeah, it. Really. Good. Not- yeah, fun. I think that's a perfect na- nail on the head there. Uh, more local promos from Jim Ross, including a promo from Murdoch and Mars Superstar, plus the additional Mystery Man. Murdoch said that DBS and Williams wouldn't know who would be in the match. And I thought this was quite a nice foreshadowing of what Axe would end up doing in the three-man demolition in 1990, where, they, where their whole thing was, you know, who are the, the hearts won't know who they're going to go up against, etc. And um, DiBiossi and Williams were next. DiBiossi was wearing an incredible luminous green jumper. I like to think this was the colour it appeared to be, and it wasn't the sort of de- degeneration of the, the videotape. But yeah, let's let's hope it was this 
luminous green. Um, he said he wanted to know who the Mars superstar was, and they want to know who the other guy was as well. And DBS said the title could change on a DQ. However, if the challengers were DQ'd, they would lose their mask. And I thought DBS was great. As usual, finally, we got a promo from Terry Taylor where it sounded like he was in a wind tunnel talking about his upcoming match with Rick Steiner. He said there was that he was there for the North American title. And he said that Rick Steiner was in his way. Any thoughts on this final segment of local promos here? Not really. I just thought, like you say, Terry Taylor's looking beyond Rick Steiner, isn't he? At the and and, and looking at Dick Slater. So um, so yeah, no, nothing really much to add there. No, it's just I mean, I, I think the local promos are, are good to a point, but unfortunately, you do you do get. If we were watching this last week, we probably would have got exactly the same sets of it, set of interviews. Um, next week will be different because the the the, the show will have aired, the show would have happened, I and mean, it will be on to the next kind of monthly New Orleans show. Um, the Rock and Roll Express versus the fabulous one, Steve Cairn, the future Skinner, and Stan Lane, and the long-awaited return of mid to Mid South Television, the Rock and Roll Express, which was great. And, but they were not out to Rock and Roll as King, and instead used Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Sager and the Silver Bullet Band. You, were you familiar with this one at all? I definitely didn't have that on vinyl. No, but I don't know. I probably mispronounced that guy's name. But yeah, not not nearly as good as the um, ELO song that they used to use. And the rock and roll had not been on Mid-South Television since June 1985. And Ross talked about the April 19th, one million dot. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, my, I can't speak over the last couple of One million months. dollar tag team tournament. There yeah, we go, that. in oh, the wow, Superdome. One million dollars, wow. So this is a, this is a, a kind of multi-promotion um, event that's coming up uh, that I think all like all roads lead to on this television show um, that Jim Crockett put on basically, and the, the near four-hour show is available on YouTube, um, and then we we will work out um, a review of that at some point a little bit later in the year, which is something for you to look forward to. Uh, at the eight minute and forty second mark, <laughs> what is wrong with me? At the eight minute and 40 second mark this match was continuing in ring as the outgoing credits appeared over the top and finally ross signed off that they were out of time in nine minutes and 19 seconds with no finish all action match that the crowd loved but it felt like that's where that's where they were going halfway through what did you think of this closing rock and roll express versus fabulous fabulous ones match um yeah, I was a bit, I was, I was, I was left wanting a bit more from it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, um, you wanted the another three minutes to finish, which I'm, I suspect they got yeah, in the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was a good match. You know, it was, it was fast. You know, um, I thought Kerr and Lane were very powerful, very physical. Um, but yeah, it just, I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt a bit, bit flat after it, really, and probably like you say because you, you didn't see the ending or anything. Yeah, like that. So whether, whether they pick that up next week. We'll, no, I think the finish was probably just for the live, the live crowd here. I, th- I, yeah. I think that's why they, that's why they did it the way they did it without calling for a time limit, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I believe, uh, and that is it. The February twenty second, nineteen eighty six episode of Mid South Wrestling is in the books. Um, lots going on. I thought this was quite an exciting and star studded show. Uh, so, Stu, what are your final thoughts on this week of action? Yeah, yeah, good, good show. Like I say, um, you know, really, really. Um, I thought quite a strong. I, I enjoyed seeing the New Zealand sheep herders. You know, Debussy and, and 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 Williams was 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 a really great match. Yeah. Um, then it then it sort of like tailed off a little bit. It did a bit, then, the, yeah, for, the, for the, the middle the middle three yeah. matches, but then picked up when Jim Duggan and, and then a great a great match to end really. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, overall, yeah, good show. Like, yeah, it. absolutely right. As we mentioned earlier on, she'll be back next month for our WrestleMania 18 watch along. Thank you very much for being on the show and thank you all very much for listening and we shall speak to you again very very soon 
Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments.